Hello there, and welcome to episode three of Chatting Chippewas. I'm Adam Jackson. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, we'll tell you a little bit about it. Give you a recap of what's going on in Central Michigan's athletic department. It was a busy weekend last weekend, so we'll run you through the fall sports that were out there competing. And then every week we've got an interview with a student athlete or an assistant or head coach. And this week we've got another student athlete for Central Michigan football as they had a big weekend and a lot of guys had an opportunity to go back home as they played in South Alabama. So we caught up with one of the Alabama natives, Trey Jones. So that's coming up later in the podcast. First, though, let's take you through Central Michigan athletics from this past weekend because it was a busy weekend. It was the road weekend, though. So many teams out on the road. Yet we're going to start with the team that began their weekend at home, and that was Central Michigan women's soccer. Opened up MAC play. The Chippewas didn't get the win, unfortunately, against Eastern Michigan. The Eagles knocked one in from the penalty stripe in the 73rd minute on Thursday, and that was the difference. They won one to nothing. Jeremy Groves mentioned after that the Chippewas just didn't get off to the start that he was hoping for and unfortunately couldn't put any in the back of the neck. However, uh, defense, goalkeeping, it was good outside of the penalty kick that uh, decided that game. So the Chippewas started 0-1 in MAC play, but the good news, a couple of days later, they headed out to Oxford, Miami, made that long trip down, uh, Oxford, Ohio, rather. They made that long trip down to Miami, and they got a bounce-back victory. 2-1, to one. Jenna Little scored two goals within three minutes in that second half. Chippewas did give one up, but they end on top, and that's a big-time victory. You get a disappointing result, but show some resolve, long road trip, and Central Michigan earns the split to open up their first conference weekend. So the Chippewas now overall record of two wins, two losses, three ties, and one and one in MAC play. And now another opportunity for two more MAC games coming up this weekend. It'll start with those rivals from Western Michigan this Thursday out there at the CMU Soccer Lacrosse Complex. And the Chippewas will kick off at 7 o'clock. It's a whiteout, so make sure you head out there, check out the Chippewas, wear your white, but also be aware it's a whiteout with a twist. They're going to have packets of color dust that will be given out in anticipation for Central Michigan goals. So you might want to go check that one out. It's going to be a whiteout, but there's going to be some color involved as well. And CMU going to try and take down the rivals of Western Michigan. Then to open up October crazy to think we are at the end of September already at the end of this week they will head down to Toledo to take on the Rockets that's a one o'clock kick down there in Toledo so a home and away matchup coming up this weekend for Central Michigan women's soccer as for Central Michigan field hockey it was a tough weekend for the Chippewas they fell at Ball State four to nothing on Friday then they went to Michigan State on Sunday and lost three to nothing so a couple of low scoring games with the Chippewas trying to break through and get some offense going. They're 1-7 now to start the year, but they've dropped seven straight after winning their opener. We'll see if perhaps coming back home, is that's really the theme of this weekend, if that can get them back on the right track. They're going to host Appalachian State this Friday at noon, and then, again, to open October on Sunday, they will take on Lindenwood as those two teams will be up here this weekend. That's also a 12 o'clock start on Sunday both at Christie Freeze Field. So best of luck to the Central Michigan field hockey team as they look to get a couple of wins this weekend. 
Central Michigan Volleyball also looking to get back in the win column. They opened up conference play last weekend at Ball State and unfortunately lost in straight sets on both nights. Thursday, they fell 3 to nothing. The bright spot, Ali Maidendorp had a great match, 10 kills, and Claire Amaral, who has been so steady as the setter for the Chippewas, 32 assists in that loss to Ball State on Thursday. But again, unfortunately, Friday, they couldn't bounce back, and the Cardinals... Got the win again on Friday. Linnea Willer had 12 kills to lead the Chippewas on Friday night and also hit up over 300. Central Michigan as a team collectively Friday night hit below 100. So Coach Golick has mentioned the first ball contact. It's got to improve this week. And they've got a big week coming up. The Chippewas will go out on the road against Eastern Michigan. It's a midweek match on Tuesday. And then they'll come home to take on Toledo on Saturday and Sunday. It's a little bit different because Hall of Fame is going on Friday. Normally, you'd get that Friday-Saturday matchup. So many home events going on. The Chippewas will play Saturday at 7 and then Sunday at 2. So you've got a ton going on this weekend, but specifically Saturday, a doubleheader. We can go watch Central Michigan football. They'll kick at 1.30, grab some food, and then head on over to McGurk Arena to watch the block party on Saturday night at 7 o'clock as the Chippewas and the Rockets do battle from McGurk Arena. And then again, they will wrap up the series on Sunday at 2 o'clock. And then we wrap up with Central Michigan football. What a win for the Chippewas. Come from behind against South Alabama where they were 16.5-point underdogs. And the Chippewas won 34-30. They started behind the game 14 to nothing. CMU made a change at quarterback after two series and this was the Jace Bauer announcement game. He was tremendous. Bauer named the Mac West Offensive Player of the Week. He went 19 for 30 through the air for 224 yards, 279 total yards with his 50-plus rushing yards, five total touchdowns, and again, no turnovers for a second straight week. So, Bert Emanuel Jr. unable to play last week because of an illness. So, Jace Bauer starts... At Notre Dame, showed some moxie, didn't turn it over, led the Chippewas on three scoring drives, two touchdowns, one field goal. This week, doesn't start. Bert Emanuel Jr. comes out, and Jace Bauer takes over the rest of the game. He leads immediately two touchdown drives when he comes in, gets CMU right back in the game. Central Michigan gets their first lead in that third quarter, and then it was South Alabama that showed some fight back. They took the lead with three minutes left to go for the first time in the second half. And then Jace Bauer led the game-winning drive, and they got in the end zone. A Bauer run from four yards out with under 15 seconds left to go to give Central Michigan their first road non-conference win since 2017. First time under Jim McElwain they've been able to win a road non-conference game. And you got to remember, those are usually against Power 5 opponents like Oklahoma State, Penn State last year, this year, Michigan State, Notre Dame. It's been Missouri, LSU, Wisconsin in the past, so... A non-Power 5 matchup, but still a team that won 10 games last year and is expected to finish at the top of a very good Sun Belt Conference that has already had upsets in the first few weeks of the season. Wins over Baylor and Virginia, and then it was this South Alabama team that had beaten Oklahoma State last week. So this was a big win, and there seems to be that flicker of light that we thought was there with this Central Michigan team. There was talent but they're super young, so trying to figure out their identity 
and using their non-conference, albeit as difficult as it was, Michigan State, Notre Dame, a good New Hampshire team that was in the FCS playoffs last year, and of course this 10-win South Alabama team from a year ago, CMU finishes 2-2. Two and two. Now you've got eight MAC games, and again, Central Michigan hunting that first MAC title since 2009. Jim McElwain got him to the championship game in 19, got him within a botched snap at the end of the game against NIU in 2021 of potentially going back to Ford Field. So they are looking to get back to Ford Field this year, and of course, trying to win that game and get that title for the first time since 2009. Their chase to Detroit. Starts this Saturday. They take on Eastern Michigan, 1.30 kickoff. We're on the air at 12.30. This is a, a revenge opportunity for CMU. They've won three of the four matchups against Eastern Michigan since Jim McElwain has been here. Last year, though, the lone loss. Remember, CMU at the end of last year had two chances to get bowl eligible with Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan looming on the schedule. However, the chip was lost them both, and they lost the Michigan MAC trophy. So CMU finished the season 4-8, and 3-5 and five in the MAC. They missed a bowl game. They will have an opportunity to take on Eastern Michigan and get off to a better start this year against the Eagles. Eastern Michigan coming in. They're going to be a pesky team against the Chippewas. They were shut out on the road this past weekend. So the Eagles now are 2-2 two and two overall, just like Central Michigan. They took on Jacksonville State, lost 21 to nothing. Wins over Massachusetts and Howard. Their other loss was to Minnesota. So, Chippewas and Eagles. That's Saturday at 1.30. It's a community and Hall of Fame day, family and friends weekend. So you've got the football game on Saturday. You have got the volleyball match on Saturday. You've got volleyball on Sunday. Also, you've got field hockey. That is on Friday at noon. It is on Sunday at noon. You also have women's soccer on Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. And oh, by the way, if that's not enough, as we mentioned, it is Hall of Fame weekend, so we will induct six new members into the Marcy Weston CMU Athletics Hall of Fame. And that is always a special night. It's 6 o'clock on Friday inside McGurk Arena. Wrestling represented women's soccer softball, football, and women's basketball. Come on out and celebrate the six new members that will go in. Five members and one team going in this weekend. And we can give you those names. Ben Bennett, he was a great Central Michigan wrestler from 2009 to 2013. He's currently still on the staff under Tom Borelli. He is being inducted. Bailey Brandon is going in for Central Michigan women's soccer. She was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year in 2012 also was the MAC Freshman of the Year back in 2009 and a part of those two NCAA tournament appearances for the Chippewas. Leslie Grimes, the great softball catcher from back in the late 80s into the early 90s, uh, she will be inducted this Friday as well. Liesl Toth Holcomb was also a Central Michigan women's soccer player. She was on those same teams as Bailey Brandon. She was here from 2008 to 2011, and uh, again, helped the Chippewas get to the NCAA tournament a couple of times. Also was named MAC Defensive Player of the Year. That came in 2011. Frank Zombo, what can you say about that guy? He was excellent on the defensive line. Racked up over 25 sacks, which is still third most in CMU football history, and then, of course, played nine seasons in the NFL. Won a Super Bowl with Green Bay in 2011. 
And how about that great 1983-1984 Central Michigan women's basketball team? Remember, they won 27 games, lost just three. That 90% win percentage is still the best in women's basketball program history. They started that season 1-2 and two and rattled off 26 straight wins, including going 18-0 and 0 in conference play. And they, of course, won the regular season, won the MAC tournament title, and went on to the NCAA tournament. So we will welcome in those six new members, one basketball team, and then the five new members as well. And that's a great celebration. It'll be 6 o'clock inside McGurk Arena on Friday evening. So you have got a ton of sports and a ton of different days, Thursday through Sunday, to choose from. We hope to see you come on out and support these Central Michigan student-athletes, these coaches, all of these individuals that have worked so hard and see what the Chippewas can do in a home-filled weekend here in Mount Pleasant. All right, let's get to our interview. It's with Trey Jones. Again, this is a guy that has turned into a leader on the safety on this Central Michigan team, and he is from Wetumpka, Alabama. We talk about that with him as he had the chance to go back to his home state and play some football in front of fans and friends this weekend. We got to start with that big win on Saturday. How good did it feel to get the first road victory of the season against a really good team? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it felt really good going down there, really going back home for me, um, going down there and playing South Alabama, um, getting the win on the road against a really good team. It, it felt really good for us as a team. Um, we got that confidence knowing that we can go, go on the road and win against a tough team, um, just knowing what we have to do play a whole four quarters, win the, win the situations, you know, it just kind of put that reassurance within us that we can do that. How good did it feel <clears> to you? Because uh, I, I know you don't want to get off to a slower start, but you do get off to a slower start. You battle back, and then it, it was kind of a back-and-forth game from mm -hmm. there where you needed a, a late drive, and, and it seemed like everything they threw at you guys, both offensively and defensively, you found a way to answer that and yeah. uh, found a way on top at the end. Yeah, so, you know, we started really slow, which our emphasis going into the game was starting fast, coming out of the game, starting fast, then finishing the first half, starting fast, coming out of the second half, and then finishing and winning the fourth quarter. Um, we did not start fast in, the, in that first quarter, which was really a struggle for us, but we managed to turn that around. Um, come out the, after Really after the first quarter, um, really the defense kind of settled in and focused, focused on what we had to do, and, you know, we shored up our tackling, focused on the details, and we were able to get, some stops in offense play, but go down the field and score a couple touchdowns, and we really got that confidence going with us. Is that a game that gives the defensive unit some confidence? Because, yes, you did give up a, a few scoring drives, but there was the middle part of that game, three and outs, mm -hmm. you guys were flying to the football, you're wrapping up tackle-wise. At points, it looked like the best the defense has looked this season. Yeah, that that for sure gave us some, some a confidence boost. Um, even though there there were plays where – that we gave up things and stuff that really shouldn't have happened. Um, just getting that win gave us a lot of confidence, knowing that we can do um, what we did last Saturday if we focus on the right things and play with our right technique and good eyes and stuff like that. How do you feel about the squad four games in, as you said, getting ready for now conference play the rest of the year? I feel great. Um, I, I know we have a bunch of talent on this team. It's just if we do the things that we have to do, um, watch enough film, practice um, great every day, um, bring the energy. Um, we can go a long way this season. Jace Bauer kind of had his 
announcement game. Five touchdowns, four on the ground. He gets the, the final touchdown at mm -hmm. the end. He wins Mac West Offensive Player of the Week. How fun was it to, to watch him do his thing on Saturday? It was extremely fun. You know, Jace, Jace is a really get, great guy. He's a really great player. Um, I'm, I'm just glad he went out there and, and took advantage of the moment and was able to show everybody what, what he can do. The cool thing, you mentioned it earlier, uh, you're from Wetumpka, Alabama, which is about two and a half hours, I believe, northeast of Mobile. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was it like to go back to your home state? Uh, it was it was amazing. Um, I, I was really looking forward to that. Uh, I know leading up this week, I was telling a bunch of guys, like, um, it's going to be hot to them <laughs> down there. And, and when we got down there, I was like, it's hot, ain't it, to them? Uh, they're like, yeah, it's really hot. Um, but to me, it felt amazing. <laughs> It felt great. Like I wasn't hot at all. It felt it felt like I was at home, which I mean I, I basically was. But uh, just going home and playing playing there, it was it was really fun. I mean I knew two guys on their team that I've really worked out with and uh, trained with a lot in high school, and then you know of course we went to our separate in college. But um, seeing them was amazing, and then seeing my family was was also great. I had almost I think 30 people there at the game, um, seeing them there in, in in the little central corner that we had in the end zone. That, that that was that was really cool, and then seeing them after the game, seeing how, how happy they were that we were able to win, and um, I had me a good game. So it was just really great seeing them um, and seeing them come out to the game and seeing them support me and my teammates. Yeah, certainly. You you had a great game for the Chippewas, second leading tackler, nine of them, and then had a, ta a tackle for loss as well. I just want to make sure people know how hot it was that you said it felt great. It was 90 degrees. That's without the real feel. And then there was a sign that said it might be up to 130 degrees down on the field. Yeah. So, I mean. You felt good out there? I felt I felt great because <laughs> after after our pre free game, you know, I was I was full on sweating. I mean, and you know that's what you want to feel leading up to the game. See, when I'm up, when I'm up here, I'm barely sweating after pregame, so it's like I kind of have to work myself up even more to get to get that full sweat going. But um, I've played in I'm pretty sure I've played in a hundred degree plus weather, um, pretty much my whole life. So just that it honestly to me it didn't even feel like ninety, and I know it said. 130 on the on the field probably. Um, I, I've played, I've played in, uh, in on turf where my the bottom of my cleats have actually melted. Oh my goodness! So when when people were saying like their feet were burning up, like my feet weren't even burning up. So I I, I didn't even see what they were talking about with, with that. But I don't know. It it just felt it felt all normal to me. Were there any of your teammates that were just uh, excruciatingly hot that were saying, Trey, I don't know, man, it's I can't go out here? Yeah, Keegan, uh, <laughs> our offensive lineman, Keegan. I know we were going in uh, for halftime, and he we, we had a we had a, um, a cooler filled with water and ice. He stuck his face right in the cooler because he was so hot. <laughs> that was that was hilarious to me. That, that that was so funny. I think it was before the the second Jace Bauer touchdown. Someone threw up on the offensive line. I think line. that was Keegan. <laughs> I think that was Keegan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I think it was after the game. I asked him um, about him sticking his head in the in the cooler, and he was like, "Dude, I I, I was throwing up out there." And then and then um, as we were going in for halftime, he was like, "Bro, I'm burning up." I, he was like, "I just need to stick my face in some water to cool off." And then once he did that, he said it was fine. Man, after that. good news! You guys found a way to win even in the heat. I want to go. I want to go back to what you said. Thirty people came down to mm -hmm. see who was there. Family, friends, who came out to watch you play? Um, a bunch of people from my from my mom's side of the family, and my dad's side of the family, and I had uh some friends who also came down, and were able to come down and watch me play too.
anybody surprise you that you didn't think was going to make it down, or did you have a good idea of who was coming down to, to the game on Saturday? Uh, I, I had a pretty good idea who was coming to the game because I had to get everybody tickets. <laughs> of course. So I, I was kind of scavenging around with everybody <laughs> on the team, trying to figure out who I could get tickets from. So I, I pretty much knew who I was going to come, and, and, and fortunately they were all, all able to make it. Yeah, what was that like after the game to be able to, like you said, you guys went down to the southeast corner, that was the Chippewa section, mm -hmm. just to see all your family and friends. That was amazing. I know I know. after, um, once the clock hit zero after that last play, I know that they were, they were kind of like holding us on for a second because they didn't know if there were times still left on the clock. And then once they could actually confirm that the game was over with, I was going straight over to the corner to find my family. And uh, that was that, that was amazing because I know my, my grandma came. And that, was, that was the first game she was able to make it to. As since I've been in college, my aunts came, my little cousins. I mean, everybody was there. It, it was amazing. Man, does that that had to have taken you back to when you were young, like you said. Uh, grandma and maybe some others hadn't been able to watch you in college because you're playing all the way up mm -hmm. here in Mount Pleasant. But obviously growing up playing youth ball and everything, you had family and friends yeah. at the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. And even even my uncle was able, was able to make it. You know, I, I grew up watching him play football down at um, Alabama State University, down in Montgomery, which is right at, right at home. So I was able to make it to a lot of his games. And I think this might might be his third or fourth game that he's a, been able to make it to up here. So um, seeing him there was, was, was cool because I grew up watching him, and now he's watching me play college football. So, I mean, that that, that was just a dream come true for me full circle moment for you and for a lot of guys, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team that are from Georgia, Florida, mm -hmm. Alabama. So there was that great big maroon and gold section. I know Jason Williams was super excited. Yeah. He had family down there. I mean, just so cool to see all of you guys get to play in front of people that may not have an opportunity to make some of your games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. I know I know Q, um, defense lineman, number 99, he, he had a lot of people there. Um, like you said, Jason had people there. I know Caleb Spann did. Um, I think Fernando had a lot of people there. So, I mean, it was a lot of guys that really had a, lot, a, a good amount of people there to uh, come watch us play. So, you know, it, it was really cool to see everybody have their family there who may not be able to make it to games up here because this is all the way in Michigan. So, And I wanted to, to talk to you about family and your name. Your real name is actual Samuel, mm -hmm. but tell us tell us what you go by and, and tell us that number that you wear that correlates. Yeah, so I go by Trey because I am the, the third Samuel within the family. And then, of course, I wear number three. So... Uh, that's why um, I wear that on my back because Trey and number three um, they kind of go together. If you don't know, um, Trey is in Spanish. I'm not sure why my parents came up with that, but they just did, and I kind of just gone with it ever since I've known my name. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, once I was able to change my number, I think what was it now two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, um, I wanted the number three um, to kind of represent my name. Um, so yeah. You've been going by Trey since you were really young? Yeah, I I think from the time I can remember, I've always been called Trey. I mean, my parents really don't call me Samuel. The only people that really call me Samuel are my professors on, like, the first day of class. And I'll be like, uh, I go by Trey. <laughs> Get them corrected right yeah. quick. Yeah, I mean, I've always done that since I was little. So I really don't remember ever ever going by Samuel. Did you wear number three when you were growing up as well? I actually didn't. I wore number 11. Which I don't know why. I wore number eleven. I just kind of like number eleven. I wore number ten, number four. I wore four because my uncle wore four when he was in college, so he was kind of inspiration for number four. I wore twenty-four. Um, I think one year because my dad wore twenty-four when he was playing football growing up. And then when I first got here, I wore twenty-nine, and that was because I really had no other choice. Because <laughs> I was freshman, they kind of said, "Hey, you got these numbers to choose from." And I chose twenty-nine. So. 
when you yeah. found out you had the opportunity to switch to number three, were you pretty excited about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I know Alonzo McCoy had number three before um, before I had it. And I actually asked him, I was like, Zoe, can I please get number three after you leave? He was like, yeah, you just got to ask Tavita, Coach Tavita, because he does, he does the numbers. I was like, bet, I'm, I'm on that right right away. So as soon as I got the opportunity, I, I went to Tavita and asked him if I could have number three. And there we go, Trey Jones, the third, yeah. wearing number three. And uh, if you have a if you have a son someday, is your plan to continue the legacy and name it, or is that uh, is that not the case? I think that is the case. Okay, I think that is the case. Breaking wanna, news. Yeah, I want I want to <laughs> keep the I want to keep the family name going, but I'm I'm about to figure out a nickname for him because I don't think Quattro is gonna be a <laughs> I don't think Quattro is gonna be a good nickname for the fourth. So we have to figure out a name for him. A, l- a little nickname or something for him. Uh, you got some time to come up with one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got plenty of time for that. All right, well, I want to ask you about Central Michigan because I believe you got offers from teams in Alabama, including, I think, South Alabama was one of your offers. So how did you, an Alabama native, make your way all the way up to little old Mount Pleasant, Michigan? Honestly, it has everything to do with uh, Coach Mack because um, growing up, I watched Coach Mack um, on TV when he coached for Alabama. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won, what, two or three national championships with Alabama, too. So really watching him coach for Alabama, and then he coached for Florida and then a couple other schools. Once he came here and then he offered me here, I was like, it's a no-brainer. I have to come play for him because I, I watched him at Alabama. I knew who he was. I knew how he coached. I knew some of the players he coached. Um, I knew that he could put players in the league, in the NFL. So it was kind of a no-brainer. Um and once I got the offer, like, I wanted to come play for him. What is it like now that you've been up here for a few years to play for Coach Mack? It's amazing. He, he, he's, a, he's a great coach. He really cares for his players. Um, I, really can't, I really can't say enough about him. Um, he, he listens to his players. Anything that we suggest, he takes into account the pros and cons, and then he makes his decision from there. So, I mean, really, I, I really would say he's a player's coach because he, he goes off what we like and what we don't like and what we – he goes off what's best for us. Um, I, I'm pretty sure coaches do that, but I don't know how how many coaches really do that across the country. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he does that. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's the leader of the team, but he gives you guys a voice to, to tell him what's what's on your mind or what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like it's a collaborative effort. And uh, yeah. just speaking with all of you, it seems like you guys all really enjoy playing for Yeah, him. yeah, we do. Um, that's, that's, that's why I think every time, you know, he talks, we listen. Um, anytime he has something to say, we listen. He, even if he's giving us advice or if he's just getting on us about something that we're not doing the right way, we listen and we take into account and we get it fixed because we know that he really cares about us and really wants to see the best for us um, out on the field and off the field and even in the classroom. So um, just everything he does for us, we, we, we really take into account and we, we really, we're really glad that he does it. Had you ever been to Michigan or Mount Pleasant before you, you came up, I imagine, to visit CMU and now have spent a few years here? Never. I think coming to visit Central was my first time ever being in Michigan. What do you think so far of Mount Pleasant and uh, the state of Michigan? I mean, Besides it, that it gets cold. <laughs> yeah, the cold, the cold is something that really throws me off. <laughs> That's something that really throws me off is the cold, which I, I really don't like, but I've kind of gotten used to it, but I kind of have it. I'm still – getting used to it at um this being my fifth year being up here surprisingly but um Mount Pleasant is kind of it's almost like my hometown because it's kind of it's small you know Wetumpka is also kind of small um it's just a small town with uh good people good people in it 
Um, got a casino, which my hometown also has a casino, which also that's kind of crazy to me. I mean, I really can't say anything else than it's small, cool people in the town. Um, Do you have a favorite uh, food spot or, or any place that you like to go here now that you've been here a few years? Omelets and more is probably my favorite place to eat here. Hidden Gem, and that's a newer spot, right? I think so, yeah. I would say I, right now I'll say I get it maybe two or three times a week. Oh, my goodness. All right. They're well, that good. You want to say hi to Trey Jones, hit up Omelets and more. Yes. You'll see him there. Yes, you will see me there. <laughs> you, now, are you one of those guys that gets the exact same thing every single time, or do you like to change it up? The exact same thing every <laughs> single time. I get I get the French toast with strawberries and powdered sugar, and then I also get the uh, the country omelet with no gravy. My goodness. Is that like a pre-practice pre, uh, meal? Is that a post-practice meal? When you get getting it's, that? It's really a post-game meal. I get okay. it on Sundays. I get it on Sundays, and then sometimes I get it on, like, Tuesdays and, and Thursdays. Very so, cool. Yeah. You grow up a big French toast fan? I, I really didn't. I really didn't. You know, I, I really didn't start eat, eating French toast until I got up here, and I started eating omelets and more. So, I mean, that's when I really fell in love with French toast with the strawberries. So I have to, I have to go over there and try it out. I haven't been over there yeah, yet. Yeah, you're going to have to. I'm surprised you haven't. I'm surprised they haven't named uh, named that after you yeah, yet. They need to. <laughs> I'm into more. If you guys, if you guys ever listen to this, you guys should name the French toast with the strawberries and powdered sugar after me, because it is really good and I get it every time. The Trey Jones meal. Yes. There it is. Yes. I'm listening more. I love it. This year and your growth from when you got here to now, Coach Mack has talked about, and I know we talked with you at Media Day about becoming a leader. And Coach Aiky has mentioned you kind of shore up the back end and you're communicating. So tell us kind of what your role is and how it's developed out there on game days in terms of the communication mm -hmm. part. So in terms of that part, um, just really getting the call from Coach Aiky and then communicating with everybody. It's, it's really grown even more from last year because now I'm not only just communicating with the back end, I really communicate with the back end, the linebackers, and the D-line, making sure that everybody gets the whole call and that everybody's on the same page. Because if, even if, um, you know, the back end and the D-line may not be on the same page, that could be a problem because our run fits could change or be on a different page and there may be a gap open. So just make sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody knows what they have to do and when they have to do it. Um, it's really important for us to succeed as a whole defense. What's it like playing for Coach Aiky? It's amazing. Co coach Aiky's a, 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 a really fun coach. Uh, sometimes I think he has his own language. <laughs> I, 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 don't know if you, I don't know if you talk to him much, but he, if you talk to him, he kind of says his own things in his own way, and it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> like, like he'll say something like, if you say hello, he'll be like, mahalo. You're like what? But you know, playing for him is 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 really cool. He's 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 a he's a really fun coach. He's a really hard coach. Um, he he wants what's best for you. I mean, if if you don't do what's right, he's gonna get on to you. But I mean, it's it's all for the greater good. Um, he, he's he's not he's not trying to bash or anything. It's all because he knows that you can play to your best ability. He knows that how good you can be. So he just wants you to live up to that to that ability. Tell us the legend of the hat throw and practices. Oh, the hat throw, <laughs> the hat throw is crazy. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure there there are plays on film where you can see the hat just flying across <laughs> the screen. And then Coach Z, my position coach, he was the same way, but he stopped. Co I, th I think I think Coach Z got tired of us making fun of him of seeing his hat throw uh fly, fly across the screen. But Coach Aiky, I don't think Coach Aiky will ever stop throwing the hat. 
have you started to to know when you can expect the hat throw oh, yeah. to come? Oh yeah. When when does it happen? So normally normally it'll be a play like of course you you can you'll see when a play is something's wrong in the play in in front of you because it'll just be a wide open hole somewhere. Normally you'll hear him scream, <laughs> and then you'll see the hat just flying in the air. Have you ever been hit by the hat before? I don't think I have, but I, I think it's been close. I, I've seen it. I've seen it fly across my face multiple times, multiple times. So is that like a running joke within the defense? Oh, there was only a couple hat throws today instead of oh, this was a big hat throw day from Coach Aiky. Uh honestly, now it's it's so normal. We just kind of we just kind of ignore it and then make fun of it afterwards on film. There you go. That's outstanding, yeah. Coach Aiky. If he's not happy, he he gets into it. He yeah, is. Uh, he does. He's a he's a character, no doubt about it. Obviously, being up here, you're you're going to school. I believe you graduated this past May. Is that correct? And now you're working on grad school. Tell us about academically what you're up to. Yeah, so I I graduated this past May um, with a sports management degree and a business minor, and so now I'm working on my um, uh, graduate degree in sports administration. Very cool. What what is the goal for you if it's uh, if you're not playing? professionally football wise is there a fallback plan for for what you want to do so I mean growing up I've, I've always been told uh I, I had to have a plan b but um one of my one of my professors last semester Dr. Mumford he kind of he, he kind of told me if if your plan a is to play in the NFL then make it your plan a just don't have a plan b because your plan b is going to distract you from your from your plan a so once he told me that that kind of that kind of resonated with me and I've kind of just put all my chips in in my goal to play in the NFL and that's my plan A. So with that plan A you're, you're obviously focused on uh, getting your sport management degree but you're also <coughs> playing football mm -hmm. and you're also trying to again further that opportunity to play in the NFL. What are you doing to try and segment all that and still continue to to get in the right direction trending upward for a, a potential playing in the professional leagues? So I've, I've kind of just narrowed it down to getting my schoolwork done early in the week so midweek mid and then late week, I can really focus on watching film and focus on football. So I'm not so stressed with getting my work done by Sunday at 11.59 when I have to play on Saturday and then travel on Friday. Um, I can get my work done early in the week, and then I can just focus on football for the rest of the week. Is there anybody that's giving you advice on kind of that next step or your goals to get there, or is it simply just get better at the football now and worry about that later? Um, I would say it's kind of a both. So, I'm, of course, obviously I'll, I'm getting better at football now, but I'm also staying staying up on my grades because my mom's a teacher. or well, she was a teacher. My grandma was a teacher. So, I mean, the grade thing is kind of a big deal in the, in the back of my head, even though they don't harp on it as much as now because they know that, they know that I know that my grades, there's an expectation for my grades to be up at all times. So um, uh, as long as I know that they know that they have that trust within me, I'm going to keep my grades up. But it's also like in, in my head, football's first. I need to focus on football, but there's no way I'll let my grades drop because of football because I know that they have the ex expectation of me to keep my grades up. Which is great. You gotta, as you mentioned, you're, you're focused on Plan A, but if you have your grades up, you have that option for Plan B. And obviously, you've already graduated and now working on grad school, which mm -hmm. is remarkable. The time management, uh, I mean, of you student athletes yeah. is ridiculous. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, I mean, it's coming in as a freshman. It's tough then, but you know, I've I've learned I've learned how to get things done. 
from my past mistakes of getting stuff in late to professors. So uh, I've, I've learned how to how to get work done early and finish up assignments early to that way I'm able to have my stuff on track. Um, that way I don't get behind in, in school. I mean, take us through just, just this weekend for people kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, we landed uh, Friday, I think early afternoon or mm-hmm. early evening in, in uh, Mobile. And then you've got a game Saturday, and then you get back late. So take us through that trip and, and everything that you're doing to get ready for the game, the game, and then post game when you finally got back to your bed here in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, so uh, I know Friday we had our whole meetings and, and uh, walk through, and then we had to get on the bus. I forget, I, I don't know the exact time, I forget what time, but just the, just the way that it went. We got on the bus, drove to the airport, hopped on the plane. Had about a two-hour, two two-and-a-half-hour flight down to Mobile. Um, got off the plane. Then we had our team dinner. Um, then we had more meetings. And then by time by the time we got done with everything, it was about like 8 o'clock. We got a little free time to rest. And then I saw my parents and stuff because they, the, uh, they came to Mobile a day early to see me and stuff. So I saw them for about a 30 minutes to an hour. Then we had a uh, bed check, of course. And then the next day, it's game day. So then we had our we had our breakfast, then we had a little downtime from couple maybe like two hours from like ten to twelve, and then from twelve it was kind of that turn the nozzle lock in mode where we had to focus on game time. Um, so then uh, we had our um, pregame walkthrough, we had our uh, pregame meal, then we had our kind of I guess rollout session you would say to get our, to kind of get us loosened up a little bit, and then we headed over to the stadium. And we had pre-pre, pre-game, game time, which, of course, was an amazing game. Came out with a W. Um, it was a really, really fun game. I don't know if I said that before, <laughs> but it was a really, really fun game. It was a fun game. <laughs> and then um, after the game, we showered up, hop, hopped on the bus, headed right back to the, uh, to the airport, hopped on a plane, um, flew back to uh, Michigan, and then got back on the bus, got back to Mount Pleasant around, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. So... We we don't e- we don't even stay at a hotel after the game. We hop on the fl- we hop on a bus, hop on a plane, and get back to Michigan as soon as possible. So, I mean, really, from Friday to early Sunday morning, we're going. Um, we're going, going, and going, and I mean, yeah, it's just a it's a, it's a it's a long two days. And that's what you mentioned. Really long you, two days. Yeah, you got to get that schoolwork done early in the week because yeah. your weekend's pretty much gone. Yeah, and then I forgot to mention on the way to the on the way to the airport on the bus, I. I, I was doing homework. Like I wasn't even watching film. I was doing homework because I had th- there was some stuff that um one of my classes we we got assigned late that that day or that week. So I went ahead and got it done. So I didn't have to do it on Sunday. I mean, it's kind of like you gotta do what you gotta do. That's why it's nice to play at home, right? I yeah. mean, you don't have the travel, and, and obviously, hopefully for these these Mac trips, it'll be a little bit shorter. But mm-hmm. still, a flight trip to Buffalo, you'll mm-hmm. go down to Ohio. I mean, these are these are some long weekends, so yeah. it's very important to time manage. On the football field, uh, we've talked about this before. You're a big hitter, and I've I've talked to some of the offensive guys, specifically the running backs, and I've said, who who's the guy you don't want to see? And I've heard Moretti, I've heard Jones. When did you become such a big hitter? I don't know to be honest. I really don't. I really don't consider myself to be a big hitter. I kind of, I kind of try to be more of a sure tackler. A tackler. I, I, w- I would say I would give that credit to Coach Welsh. Okay. In 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 the in the, in the train in the weight training staff, 
before I guess them say I'm a big hitter, I, I don't know. I really don't consider myself to be a big hitter. More of a sure tackler. So that's just more of a compliment for you. You're yeah, just I guess learning so. things you didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. All right, so that's kind of going to be my next question. What What are the things that you're focusing on to <clears throat> improve as this season goes on and obviously once past Central Michigan trying to play in the NFL? Mm -hmm. So coming coming in uh, this year, I really wanted to focus on getting getting more production with the ball. Me saying that meaning more pass breakups, more interceptions, more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries, um, stuff like that. Um, just creating more turnovers to get the ball back to the offense so they can go score more points for us so we can win more games. Um, I haven't really done too much of that this year, so really getting into into Mac action, Mac play, um, that's something I really want to focus on. Um, watching even more film, just to, just knowing where the quarterback may go with the ball so I can make more plays. Um, and then really being more of a sure tackler, which um, last game I missed, I think, two or three tackles, which I'm, I was really disappointed in myself in. Um, but um, – just got to work on that um, going to next week. So hopefully, well, not hopefully, next week I'll have no missed tackles and, you know, just sure up everything that I missed last week and make make all those plays this week. The goal for you guys has always been win the MAC championship. This program hasn't had one since 2009, but close. Uh, you're a, a crazy field goal snap away from potentially getting there in 21. Yet, mm -hmm. uh, 2019, they, they go to the MAC championship and fall to Miami. Seeing those those two years where you're so close and now having the entire max slate in front of you, I know it's game by game, but just this team to try and trend toward back to Detroit, what do you think it's going to take? I think it's going to take us taking, taking every day, day by day, not focusing on the outcome of the game that's on Saturday when it's Monday, but just focusing on Monday. And then when, it come, when, it, when Tuesday comes, focus on Tuesday then Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, and then playing the game when the game gets here. So um, I think it will take us not focusing on winning winning every game in the MAC, but winning the day. Winning the day and just focusing on what we have to do for that day, get better that day. And then once you play, like for a week like this week, where everybody's telling you how great you are because you won this big game against mm -hmm. South Alabama, and it was a tremendous win, how do you how do you put that behind you and know we got to go out and have that same type of energy this Saturday mm -hmm. for sixty minutes against Eastern Michigan? Yeah, so Co Coach West always preaches always preaches to us focus on us. The only thing that matters is us. So you know, um, we love we love the fans. We love we love every everybody who supports us. But you know, we're the ones out there playing, and we and we are the ones who have to really focus in and hone in on what we have to do the details, our responsibilities, um, having the right technique during certain plays. So um, just really focusing on us and what we have to do is really what can help us and what will help us win every game that we have to win. That sounds pretty good to me. All right, I'm going to focus on you here specifically outside of football and all the crazy schoolwork and everything, just trying to have a life. You said you like to cook. What kind of cook are you? Uh more of a more of a dinner type guy. I do cook breakfast and I do cook dinner, but I'm not a dessert. I don't cook dessert. I've never known how to make make a dessert. Like mm -hmm. the only dessert I can make is ice cream, and that's just that's just because I can scoop it out of a <laughs> out of a can and put it in a bowl. But that's it. Um, but breakfast wise, I, I can I can make a wide variety of things. You know, omelets, um, French toast. Um, Really, kind of. I mean, breakfast is really simple. Breakfast isn't hard, but dinner, um, I, I meal prep, 
so um, really just cooking, really whatever comes to mind for that week, um, um, I can do. But I think my favorite dish to make is probably chicken and shrimp Alfredo. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And and I make my own Alfredo sauce. I don't I don't I don't use the canned Alfredo sauce. I make my own Alfredo sauce. Very cool. When did you learn how to how to make the Alfredo sauce? Um, my dad. So probably when I was in high school. I really used to just watch him cook, and then I used to sneak my way in there and help him with a couple of things. And my my role got bigger and bigger as he was able to trust me to cook with him. Um, so yeah, once once uh once I saw him uh, cook a lot, um, that my love for cooking really kind of grew from there. All right, we brought up Keegan Smith. Uh, I know being a little little too hot there on the field. He also said he likes to cook. Is uh, is there a battle? Who's the better cook on the team? Um, I think Keegan Keegan is famous for his hibachi. Okay. For the team right now, but but I think my hibachi is better. Really? Yes. Wow, more breaking the only news. Th- <laughs> the only thing Keegan has on me is Keegan has one of those one of those big blackstone grills that he that he does his hibachi on, and I don't have that. I have one of like the Kind of like the small, I kind of like the small like electrical plug-in Blackstone grill. So my cooking space is way smaller than his, but I still think mine is better. I think if we both both had this the same big Blackstone grill, I would blow him out the water. I think you guys need to have a hibachi cook-off <clears throat> for the team and let them decide who the better cook is. I I think we should. I think we should, but we have to figure out a good time to do it. And we have to figure out a way to to have to have two of the big Blackstone grills, so the, so the so the playing surface is even. It's a fair fight. Yeah. Okay. Fair fight. I like that. I like that. Do you ever cook for your teammates at all? Uh, yeah. I, I cook for I cook for Quezzy because he's my roommate, and then uh, Kenny, Kenny, Javon, them they they live next door, but um that that's mainly during the spring when, when we have way more free time than than in season. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. So if you need some food, maybe not in the fall here when you're busy, Trey yeah. Jones, Chef Trey, it's got a little ring to it. Yeah. I, I know we're Chef focused Trey. on the NFL, but, you know, just just a fallback. Maybe could be, it's out there. Could be a little side hustle. All Chef right. Trey. Here we go. Well, thanks so much for your time. This has been awesome and uh, really looking forward to, to seeing you play the rest of the year here. Just on a final note, kind of talking to Chippewa fans that are, are interested or, or thinking about coming to – Watch you guys play, whether it's this weekend against Eastern Michigan or the rest of the year. Why why should they get excited about this group with eight games left to go? I think they should get excited because we have a lot to show. Coming coming off of last year, um, we have a we have a lot to prove. We know what kind of team we have. We have a lot of exciting players. Jace Bauer, um, who who played an amazing game last week. Um, we know you guys want to come see him play. We know you want to come see the defense play. Um, Jesse Pruitt, Jesse, who had a, a great game last week. Um, we we have a lot of guys who are coming, who are kind of making a name for themselves um, as we head along uh, within the season. So, just to the fans, you got you guys should come out, show show some support, show your excitement, show your love for Chippewa football. Um, make these home games amazing. Um, just just as we as we proceed with this season. Make every game, you know, you know, a a, a very fun opportunity um, for even even some younger kids who may come to the game. Make it a fun opportunity for them, just to just to see some Chippewa football. 
I like it. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know, uh, as you've talked about, you're super busy, but uh, we wish you the best of luck this, this week against thank Eastern you. Michigan and the thank rest you. of the season. Thank you. Really appreciate Trey Jones coming on. That was a lot of fun. So many different parts of that interview that stuck out. I really thought it was cool the way he talked about growing up watching Jim McElwain when he was down at Alabama and being the head coach at Florida, and he knew – when Jim McElwain offered that he wanted to go play for Coach McElwain and now coming up to Mount Pleasant and being a Michigan resident here these last few years and getting the opportunity to go back home playing in the heat in South Alabama on Saturday. I love the time management piece too because you could really go down that path with any of these student-athletes. They're expected to do so much in their respective sports that it almost – takes away from the rest of their life that, of course, they, they've got to go to class. They've got to get a degree. They've got to have some sort of social life, and yet they still need to get everything done required to be successful in the classroom and in their sport. And it, it really is remarkable the way that they're able to handle all of that, the pressure of winning and losing and competing. and They do a lot, and it's, um, it's remarkable to – to get to know them and, and hear these stories. So I hope you're enjoying them as much as I am. I really appreciated having Trey Jones on and can't wait for our next guest, whoever that is in a couple of weeks. You'll have to find out. But right now we're focused on the fall sports. Winter sports will be here before we know it. It's going to start to get cold. We're getting ready to turn the calendar to October here soon, but this is the best time of year. We're back and school is in session and getting an opportunity to watch these Central Michigan Chippewas compete at a very high level. For you, I hope you can come out and, and support these student-athletes and coaches this weekend. Great opportunity. Everybody's home, right? Field hockey is here this weekend. Volleyball, women's soccer on Thursday. Football is here Saturday. You've got the football coaches show Thursday night. You've got Hall of Fame on Friday night. I mean, there are so many great opportunities to come out and support Central Michigan Athletics. What a great time to be a Chippewa. So have a great week. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And, of course, fire up chips. Chips.